Then the Imam al Barbahari, Rahimullah, he continues with what occurs as point number 33 on page 247. <coughs> and stoning, al Rajam, is true. Stoning, referring to the Islamic punishment, stoning, st- stoning to death. وَالرَّجْمُ حَقٌ And stoning is true. Shaykh Fawzan, Allah, he said in his explanation, Allah, the perfect and most high, has forbidden some things relating to matters affecting people's honor and relating to dealings. And other than that. And these forbidden matters are divided into categories. Sheikh mentions two categories. He said, Muharramat kabair, forbidden things, which are kabair, which are major sins, and Muharramatin sabair, forbidden matters which are lesser sins. Lesser than the major ones, major sins and lesser sins. So kabair and sabair, major sins and lesser sins. Then he said, and then, with regard to the punishment upon the one who commits them, they are divided into three categories. So sins with regard to the person who commits them are divided into three. The punishment upon the person who commits them are divided into three categories. Sheikh said, firstly, the first category, forbidden things for which Allah has laid down prescribed punishments. Laid down prescribed punishments. And they are that which is called, or they are called al-hudud, the prescribed punishments. And they are called hudud from the word al-had of the hudud, the plural of al-had, which means a limit, boundary or limit, and it means, the Sheikh said, al-man'ah, means prevention. The word had in Arabic, in origin, it means prevention. So these punishments are called hudud, prescribed punishments. They are called that because they prevent from falling into these sins. And these sins have these hudud, these prescribed punishments attached, these preventative punishments attached. They're called that, they call these hudud, because they prevent a person, they should prevent a person from falling into those sins. The second category of sins with regard to the person who commits them, or with regard to the punishment upon the person who commits them, is, he said, the second category are forbidden things which Allah has not laid down hudud, prescribed punishments for. However, there is ta'zir, discretionary punishments. There are discretionary punishments for them, ta'zir. The difference with the first one is the first one is hudud, that Allah the Messiah has laid down prescribed set punishments for those sins. It's the second category, there are no set punishments, rather there, but there is a punishment for them. It's called ta'zir, discretionary, discretionary punishment. Sheikh Hazan explained, he said, 
and it is left to the ijtihad, to the striving, to the discretion of the ruler. In accordance with whatever he sees will be a deterrent from them. And this is called ta'zir, discretionary punishment. And it is a ta'dib, it is a correctional punishment. In the second category of sins, that there will be a punishment for them, but the punishment will vary in accordance with what the ruler sees befitting at that time and that place for that sin. To what he sees as befitting, to repel the people from it. And he mentions the third category. Sheikh Bozan said, and the third category, that which does not have a had, a laid down prescribed punishment, nor does it have a ta'zir, discretionary punishment, from those forbidden things. However, there does occur with regard to it a threat and a mention of anger and curse and fire. And other than that, from the types of threat. Then the Sheikh mentions examples, he said, such as akli riba, devouring usury, devouring riba, usury, and al qimar, gambling, and other than that. With regard to this, there is a severe threat which will deter whoever has iman through faith in his heart. And whoever does not have Iman, true faith in his heart, or he is weak in faith, then in front of him there will be a reckoning and a punishment in the hereafter. So Allah means with regard to these sins, even though there is no set set prescribed punishment, no discretionary punishment applied by the, the ruler, however, the one who commits the like of this, he said, then there will be indeed a reckoning in front of him <coughs> and a punishment in the hereafter. So Allah the Majestic and Most High has made forbidden these forbidden matters. The Prophet wasallam said, then the Shaykh quotes, إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَرَضَ فَرَائِدٍ فَلَا تُبَيِّئُوهَا وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاءَ فَلَا تَنْتَكِهَا فَلَا تَنْتَهِكُوهَا وَسَكَتَ عَنْ عَشَاءَ رَحْمَةً بِكُمْ غَيْرَ نِسْيَانٍ فَلَا تَسْأَلُوا عَنْهَا The narration by the Prophet is quoted as having said Allah made obligatory duties obligatory so do not neglect them and he made some things forbidden so do not commit them and he remained silent about some things as a mercy upon you not out of forgetfulness so do not ask about them in the footnote they mention this narration, this hadith of course it occurs as number 30 in Anawi's 40 hadith and they mention the footnote it's reported by Tabarani in Al-Mu'jim al-Kabir Ibn Jarir in his tafsir Al-Darakutni in his sunan Al-Haqi in his Mustadrak, Al-Bayhaqi, in As-Sunan Al-Kubra, and others. And it was declared Hassan Good by An-Nawawi in Riyad Al-Salihin. Just as an additional side point here, 
it occurs as a hadith of Abu Fa'laba al-Khushani radiallahu anhu and Shaykh al-Albani said with regard to this narration rahimahullah in the Ghayat al-Maram number 4 this narration is actually da'if weak and he mentioned the main reason for the weakness is that the narrator from the Tabi'een Makhul famous Tabi'een Makhul did not meet this companion Abu Fa'laba so this chain of narration is therefore weak disconnected However, in the same book, Shaykh al-Bani, previous hadith, he mentions it, or he rather authenticates, declares Hassan good, a narration which bears some, re- some resemblance to this one, which is a hadith of Abu Darda, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, whatever Allah made lawful in his book, then it is lawful. And whatever he made forbidden, then it is forbidden. And whatever he remains silent about, then it is afu, it is pardoned. So accept from Allah that which he has pardoned. For Allah would not forget anything. And he recited the ayah, وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيهًا Ayah from Surah Maryam, the 19th Surah, Ayah 64, with the explanation, And your Lord never forgets. Hadith reported by Al-Hakim and as we said declared Hassan by Shaykh al-Rabani Back to the main text So after mentioning the narration Shaykh al-Fawzan Hafizullah he said So he mentioned the three categories for, of sin with regard to the punishment of a person who falls into the sin The first one that which has a had a laid down specified punishment had. The second one that which is, has a punishment but it's up to the ruler to decide what to apply and the third one, a sin but there's no set punishment in this life no laid down punishment in this life in regard to being applied upon the person then Shaykh Abbasan said mentioned the first category he said and from these hudud these prescribed punishments is the had of had zina prescribed punishment for fornication what he's referring to what he goes here in the chapter prescribed punishment for fornication as zina and fornication is as zina is to commit illicit sexual intercourse in the private part which of one not lawful for him this is zina this is fornication <coughs> committing the illicit sexual act in the private parts which Allah has made forbidden except through correct legislated marriage contract except through leg- uh, correct legislated marriage contract he the most high said وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِذُونَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ فَمَنْ اِبْتَغَى وَرَاءَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْعَادُونَ Surah Al-Ma'arij, the 70th Surah, Ayat 29-31 With the explanation, and those in description of the believers Those who guard their private parts Except upon their wives Or the slaves whom their right hands possess For they are not blameworthy And whoever seeks something beyond that then they are the transgressors. Shaykh Razan said, meaning those who go beyond what is lawful 
and enter into that which is forbidden. So whoever enters into a zina, fornication, then he will be one of two categories. He'll fall into one of two categories. Either if he is a bikram, if he is a virgin, meaning he has not before married a woman, he has not had relations rather with a woman in a lawful marriage, which kept him chaste, then he is a bikram, he is a virgin. His punishment, and if he falls into zina, fornication, then his punishment will be that he will be lashed 100 times. He the Most High said, Surah Nur, 24 Surah, Ayah 2. With the explanation. And the female fornicator and the male fornicator lash each one of them with a hundred lashes. Whip them with a hundred lashes. And let not pity deter you from obedience to Allah. If you truly believe in Allah and in the last day and let a group of the believers witness their punishment. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, and there occurs in the authentic sunnah that he should be exiled. In addition to being lashed, he should be exiled as well, sent out of his land. He should be exiled, meaning banished from his land where he committed the illicit sexual relations and sent to another land for the period of one year then Shaykh Bazan caused evidence, he said he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said al-bikru bil-bikri jaldu mi'atin wa taghribu a'am for a virgin committing it with a virgin then the punishment is 100 lashes and exile for one year in a footnote they mention this is reported by Muslim in his sahih as hadith 1690 as a hadith of Ubadah ibn al-Samit you also find that same narration from a different companion a similar narration even reported by al-Bukhari you find this narration reported also by Abu Dawood at Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah this wording actually occurring in the text is the wording of Ibn Majah Shaykh Albani declared likewise Sahih Shaykh Razan said, so at Taghrib, exile, is confirmed in the Sunnah. As for Al-Jald, lashing, then it is established in the Quran. In the ayah that we just heard, ayah from Surah Nur, it is established in the Quran. And the scholars are agreed in consensus, ijma' upon lashing and the majority of them and so with regard to lashing as the punishment here the, the agreement of the scholars the consensus of the scholars upon that then he said and the majority of them also agree upon at exile 
There's not con- total consensus upon that, but the majority of scholars agree to that punishment. This is with regard to the punishment of the virgin, the vicar. And he mentions a second category of person who falls into this sin. As for the thayyib, previously married person, the married or previously married person, Sheikh said, and he is the one who has had relations already with a wife in a correct marriage. And he recognizes the value of people's honor and the sanctity of people's honor. And this person, <coughs> he is stoned with stones until he dies. And if he commits fornication, then his punishment is that he is to be stoned until he dies. And this is established in the Quran, whose wording was abrogated, but whose ruling remained. In this ruling of the stoning to death, it occurred in the Quran, but then its wording was abrogated, its wording was taken away, but its ruling remained. The Sheikh said, just as Umar radiallahu anhu said upon the mimbar, of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said the ayah of stoning came down and we comprehended it and we preserved it and Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stoned and I fear that if if time becomes prolonged for the people that they will start to say we do not find stoning in the book of Allah. Indeed, it is in the book of Allah. In the footnote, they mention this hadith reported by Abu Bukhari, this narration from Umar radiallahu anhu, reported by Abu Bukhari in his Sahih, and the reference, the reference should, the reference number here should be six thousand eight hundred and twenty-nine. Also reported by Muslim as hadith one thousand six hundred and ninety-one, from the narration of Umar radiallahu anhu. Then Shaykh Razan said, This was Quran that was abrogated. This was Quran whose wording was abrogated, but whose ruling remained. That wording was there, with this with the ruling attached, but then the wording was taken off, but the ruling stayed, the ruling remained. He said, And Allah's Messenger وسلم, stoned and he commanded stoning and the Muslims are agreed in consensus ijma' upon that and no one disagreed about it except for the people of innovations those whose disagreement is not taken account of such as the Khawarij so Arajam stoning is established in the book and in the sunnah al-qawliyah wal-amaliyah in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's sayings and his actions and by consensus all those ways book, Sunnah of saying an action and consensus so whoever denies it is a kafir, a disbeliever because he is denying that which Allah has said and his messenger and the consensus of the Muslims so stoning a rajam is established. There is no scope for speech about it. And therefore he stated it in the author, Imam al-Bahari, for that reason he stated it here. 
and said, Ar-Rajmu Haqq, stoning is true. This is the aqeedah, the creed and belief of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. In refutation of the innovators, those who deny stoning without knowledge and without clear insight because of their ignorance and because of their childishness with respect to knowledge and they're relying upon their intellects and their own thinking and those people are not counted no notice, no notice is taken of them and thus their sayings are not looked at so sometimes an ignorant person can come claiming awareness and to have researched and say there is disagreement about this there's khilaf, there's disagreement about this so it is said to him is it the case that every disagreement is taken account of? there are matters of disagreement which are discarded totally discarded and not counted and from them is this disagreement and no notice is taken of those who disagree about the stone the Khawarij and the Shia and the no notice is taken, they're not counted at all Sheikh said, and therefore the writer of the lines of poetry said وَلَيْسُ كُبُّ خِلَافٍ جَاءَ مُحْتَبَرًا إِلَّا خِلَافٌ لَهُ حَذْضٌ مِّنَ النَّذَرِ that not every disagreement that comes about is taken account of except that which has its fair share of correct examination they've said so the matter is not just claims of disagreement the matter is one <coughs> of verification of what is correct and tying it to the proof so whoever, can, whoever goes against the proof then he is defeated in the argument and there is no or there is no weight given to his disagreeing and he is not counted and Allah the Majestic and Most High says فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا Surah Al-Nisa, Surah Surah, Ayah 59 With the explanation So if you disagree about anything then refer it back to Allah and the Messenger If you truly believe in Allah and in the last day that is better and finer in its outcome Sheikh said so we do not remain upon disagreement we don't just stop all the disagreement Sheikh said we do not just remain upon there being disagreement rather we refer back to the proof because of his saying he the most high فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا same ayah with explanation then refer it back to Allah and the Messenger if you truly believe in Allah and in the last day that is better and finer regarding its outcome Shaykh said so therefore the author Rahimahullah he stated the issue of stoning even though this book is a book of beliefs creed and beliefs still stated this matter here because it is obligatory 
to believe in the obligation of stoning and whoever denies it has disbelieved, has become a disbeliever so therefore he stated it as a refutation of the innovators who deny stoning there's a small addition here that Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi mentioned in his explanation that from the established Sunnah Allah's Messenger وسلم, is that indeed he stoned he said he stoned Ma'iz because four examples where it's established in the Sunnah the Prophet وسلم, stoned or commanded stoning he said the Prophet وسلم, commanded or rather he said he stoned Ma'iz the reference for that is a hadith reported by Bukhari that's hadith 6824 he said and the woman connected with the employee the reference for that is a hadith reported by Bukhari 6828 and the, the woman of the Juhani tribe al Juhaniya. hadith for that is hadith reported by Muslim Hadith 1696. He said, and he stoned two Jews who had committed fornication. And the reference for that is the Hadith reported by Bukhari, as Hadith 6841. I mentioned four cases. Then he said, and the Prophet passed away, and this ruling remained, being acted upon. And the Khulafa stoned after him. <coughs>